Welcome to the Access Church Podcast. Let's get into the Word of God today. Are you excited and ready to receive the Word? Today I'm going to talk to you about perspective and perseverance leads to possession. So when we started this sermon series, the big idea behind this series is that we are called to be followers of Jesus and not just fans. You know, the Bible, the picture and the pattern of the Bible is that Jesus never came to create a fan base. He, crea- he came to create a follower base. And, and a follower is different than a fan. See, we follow Jesus for who he is more than for what he can give us. And so if you want to kind of give yourself that litmus test, am I a follower or a fan? Are you here to give or are you here to get? Are you here to give or are you here to get? Why? Because a follower comes to church. A follower is one who follows Jesus, not just for the things that we can get. And don't get me wrong, just like we talked about a devoted follower of Jesus Christ, God commands a blessing over your life that hell cannot stop. The devil cannot stop. No demon in hell can stop it. When God commands the blessing, the Bible says that the blessings of God are going to overwhelm you. They're going to overtake you. But we can't be here for the blessing. We've got to be here for the blesser. And the thing is that when you're here for the blesser, then you also get the blessing. I've heard it said this way. If you go after the heart, if you go after his heart, you also get his hand. You cannot disconnect his hand from his heart. But we don't follow Jesus for who he is. And and that's one of the things that I have seen throughout the years and in the modern church, that the church is building a fan base of Jesus and not a follower base. There are people that every day go to church to get something, to, to like, like a spiritual ATM to put in your, your magic pin number and get out the blessing to get out. But that's not what Jesus is looking for. Jesus is looking for those that are willing to follow him even when it's not easy, even when it's not convenient, even when you go through the hard times, even when you go through the difficult times. And, and like I told you before that if you're here, you're probably going to get attacked. Why? Because Axis Church is a different kind of church. We are taking the devil's territory. We are taking back families. We are taking back marriages. We are taking back young people. We are taking back children. And let me tell you, when you start taking the devil's territory, he does not lay down and roll over. He does not take it lightly. He is going to counterattack. And you know what? We should probably put a warning label on this church because we're a different kind of church. If you don't want to be attacked, if you want to just live your life and not have the devil mess with you, then you better find a different church because that's not this kind of church. And I'm sorry. Like, man, before I started going to access church, everything was great. I just stepped in the door and I'm getting attacked from everywhere. Sorry. <laughs> Surprise. But that's just who we are. We, 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 we can. In fact, we're, we're going to get ready to start a, a new series next week called Take It By Force. And one of the things or the principles behind this theory or, or this series is that anytime the kingdom of God is going to expand, the enemy is always going to bring opposition. 
He's always going to try to stop whatever God is doing in your life. He will put up delays and detours and speed bumps and, and, and road construction, anything he can do to stop it because that's just how he is. But see, we don't follow Jesus because of what he can give to us. We follow him because he is good, because he's our savior, because he's our redeemer, because he is our hope. He is our light. He is our life. He is everything that we could ever want and ever need. And so one of the things that we have been reiterating over the course of this series is that living a fully devoted life to Jesus is the key to accessing all that God has for you. God has amazing things for you. Let me tell you, like I said, if you go after his heart, you also get his hand. And you go after the blesser, you also get the blessing. But we don't go after him for the blessing or for what we can get. We go after him because of who he is. And that's the principle of the scripture. And we see that here as, as, as spoken to Joshua. Joshua is in a season of transition. He's moving from one stage or one season or circumstance into in his life to the next season, to the next situation. He had been serving Moses for about 40 years, walking with him, talking with him. And now Moses is dead. And God comes to Joshua and says, Joshua, I, I'm going to use you just like I, 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 I used Moses. And I want you to know that I'm going to enter a covenant with you. I am going to make a promise to you. How many are grateful that we have a covenant and promise-giving God? But not only is he a covenant and promise-giving God, he is the covenant and promise-keeping God. If God says he's going to do something in your life, you better believe that he will move heaven and hell to make sure that whatever he said, whatever he declared, will happen in your life. And so here Joshua, he's entering in this season of transition, and, and God comes and he tells him in Joshua chapter 1 verse 7, he says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all of the instructions that Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. I think Joshua probably wasn't married. Why? Because a married woman will tell their husband which way to go because they know he'll never ask for directions. That's a little joke. So he's telling them, don't go left or go right. You gotta, you gotta go straight forward. And then look at what God tells Joshua. He says, then you will be successful in every Thing you do. And I know you're thinking, but God, God's not talking to me. It says he's talking to Joshua. He's talking to here. But you have to realize that God is a God of principles, of patterns and pictures. And he's given us a principle of his word. And, and the same promise and the same principle that, that brought uh, success and prosperity into jo Joshua's life is the same principle that will bring success and prosperity into our life. Now, don't get me wrong. That doesn't mean that you're not going to have opposition in your life. Jesus himself said, in this world, you will have much affliction. He, he, he laid it out there for us. He said, there, there is going to be battles. There is going to be situations and circumstances that you're going to have to confront, that you're going to have to go through. But you've got to know that I'm going to be with you no matter what you go through, no matter what you encounter on this path, on this journey, to walk in the fulfillment of your calling and your purpose. You're not going to be walking alone. And he's telling Joshua, as long as you stay on the right path, as long as you walk in my 
word and walk in my will. I'm telling you right now, like we said last week, God said, I'm going to guarantee you that success and prosperity will happen in everything that you do. And the same promise and the same covenant that God made with Joshua, he's also making with us. And so here God promised Joshua, if you fully obey my word, if you fully obey my commandments, then you are going to be successful and prosper in everything that you put your hand to do. And we've learned over the course of this series that there is a connection and a correlation between our obedience and our blessing. There is a connection between our obedience and our blessing. Now, provision is not based on performance. Blessing is based on performance. Provision is based on position. Are you with me? That's some pretty good preaching you're getting, if I do say so myself. Provision is based on position, but the blessing is based on your performance. And there's that connection between obedience and blessing. If you fully obey, then God says, I'm going to command a blessing over your life that hell cannot stop. And the Bible tells us about a man who was a fully devoted follower of the Lord. This man's name was Caleb. Now, there's something that you've got to know about Caleb. Caleb was born into slavery. Caleb was born a slave. He was born uh, oppressed. He was born afflicted. He was born in bondage. He never knew what it was like not to be in bondage. He never knew what it was like. He didn't know what it was like before slavery. He All he ever knew in life was, was slavery. And here Caleb was one of those guys that as God is preparing to transition Israel from being a, a, a slave in Egypt going into the promised land. Joshua and, and, and Caleb were Moses' two leaders. They, they were right there. And before they were enter, entering in, they were about 40 years out. God tells Moses, I want you to send 12 spies and I want you to go scope out the land so that you can come back and tell them all the amazing things that I'm going to give you. And so here was Caleb, who never knew anything other than being a slave. He never knew anything other than, than, than being in, in bondage. And here he is, he is chosen to go out there. But do you know that on six separate occasions in Scripture, it is recorded that Caleb was a man who was a fully devoted follower of the Lord. In a day where so many people were following God only for what they could get. They were following him only for what he provided. The Bible tells us that Caleb fully followed the Lord with wholeheartedly, holy follow. What does that mean wholeheartedly? That means he held nothing back. And, uh, and for a lot of us, a lot of times, the reason we're not walking in the fullness of the promise is because we're still holding things back in our lives. We're still holding on to old attitudes. Don't look at your wife. Or your husband. But we're still holding on to old mindsets. We're still holding on to, to, to old habits. We're still holding on. And, and one of the things that caused Caleb to be recorded in Scripture as someone who wholeheartedly followed God is because he sold himself out. And that's the difference between a fan and a follower. A follower says, I'm going to follow you, God, no matter what. I don't care where this path leads me. I don't care what the future holds. It doesn't matter. You've been so good to me. I am going to 
shall follow you no matter what. Even when it's not easy, even in the midst of the battle, even in the midst of the storm, even in the midst of the chaos, God, it doesn't matter. I'm not here for peace. I'm here for you. And that's who Caleb was. He made a decision. He determined, I am going to follow wholeheartedly. I'm not going to hold anything back. I'm sold out for this cause. And in fact, in Scripture, there are three witnesses that testify to the fact that Caleb was a fully devoted follower of the Lord. Caleb himself was his own witness. He testified of his devotion. Joshua chapter 14, verse 8, he says, But my brothers who went with me frightened the people from entering the promised land. For my part, I wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. See, you've got to know who you are. And, and one of the things that I love about Caleb, even though that he was born into slavery, he said, this might be where I am, but th this might be where I am, but this is not who I am. And the difference between a victim mindset and a victor mindset, a victim mindset says this, this situation where I am is who I am. But someone who is a victor says, this might be where I am, but this is not who I am. And Cana says, I refuse to be labeled by my situation. I refuse to be labeled by my circumstance. And a lot of the reasons we find ourselves stuck and stagnant in old habits, in old relationships, in old places, is because we're not willing to wholeheartedly follow the Lord. We are still holding on to an old identity. And if Caleb would have identified himself as a slave, as someone who is afflicted and oppressed, he would have never ever able to be able to enter into the promised land. He would have been stuck in an old mindset with an old identity. And he said, oh, that's my, that might be where I was born. That might be where I was raised. But that is not who I am. And the, the, and, and the secret to you stepping out of that old habit, that old pattern, that old relationship, that old toxic environment, that old victim mentality is you've got to let it go. Tell your neighbor, just let it go. Let it go. Turn the page. It's over. There's nothing you can do about that. Yeah, I know they hurt you. Yeah, I know they abused you. Yeah, I know they talked about you. Yeah, I know they cheated on you. I, I know all of those things, but that does not define who you are. You've got to let it go. And Caleb said, I'm going to wholeheartedly follow the Lord. I'm not going to allow where my circumstance or my situation to define and determine my identity. Then Moses himself was also a witness to Caleb's devotion. Joshua 14, 9 says, So that day Moses solemnly promised me, the land of Canaan on which you were just walking will be your grant of land and that of your descendants forever because you wholeheartedly follow the Lord my God. Are, are you seeing a, a, a pattern that being a fully devoted follower is the key to accessing everything that God has for you. Being a fully devoted follower is how you can take possession of your promise. And then finally, the Lord himself was a witness who testified to Caleb's devotion. Numbers chapter 14, verse 24. This says, but because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land that he went to and his descendants will inherit. He said, because my servant Caleb wholeheartedly followed, I am going to give him 
this land. You see, one of the qualities or characteristics of someone who is a fully devoted follower is that they just have a different perspective. A fully devoted follower has a different perspective. They, they just see things differently. They see things from, not from an opposition standpoint, but from an opportunity standpoint. Have you ever met someone that always sees something negative? Don't point. Some of you are like, maybe that was you today. Man, there's nowhere to park here. Man, I'm going to find another church where nobody goes and all kinds of parking. Some of you are like, man, he is prophetic. How did he know? Instead of saying, man, I must be at the best church in the city. Everybody wants to be here. So what I'm going to do next week, I'm going to get my butt out of bed early. I'm going to say no to that third bowl of menudo and that fifth taco of barbacoa. And I'm going to get there early so I can get my own parking spot. Do, do, do you see? See, someone with a different spirit, a fully devoted follower, just sees things differently. They have a different perspective. And that was Caleb. Caleb was, was born into slavery, but he just saw things differently. And, and we see that when, when as, I, I, as I just stated, that, that God told Moses, Moses, I want you to send 12 spies. I want you to send 12 spies because I want them to get excited. I want them to get excited about, about what I'm, where I'm taking them, about what I'm going to do. And, and look at how they responded in Numbers chapter 13, verse 27 through 28. It says, this was their report to Moses. We enter the land you sent us to explore. And yes, it is indeed a bound country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. What you don't see in scripture is that they went and they came back with a big old mango. And, and, and big old grapes and, 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 and mandarinas. And they, they came back and they said, yeah, just like you told us, Moses, just like you told us, man, this land is it's bountiful, it's plentiful, it's a blessed land, it flows with milk and honey. This is the kind of fruit it has. Look at that mango. You know how many gallons of chamoy it's going to take to eat this mango? Those of you that new to Eagle Pass, you'll learn what chamoy is really quick. Tahu? Then it says, but the people living there are powerful. Uh, imagine, they're saying, yes, it's everything that you said. It is a land that is blessed. It is a land that flows with milk and honey. Look at the kind of fruit. But, see, some of you are not walking into the fulfillment of your promise because you still got a big butt in your life. And you've got to kick the butt out. You've got to stop looking at what isn't and start looking at what is. And so they're going, yes, Moses, you're right. Everything that God told you about this land is true, but the people living there are powerful and their towns are large and fortified. And we even saw giants there. See, 10 of the 12 spies came back with a negative report. They came back focused on the problem instead of the promise. And they, the more they focused on what they saw instead of what they heard, that worry magnified the problem. 
And see, that's with us. Instead of focusing on what God said, we often focus on what, what we are seeing. We're focused on what we see. God never said, you're going to walk into the land. There's not going to be any opposition. There's not going to be any obstacles. He said, I'm giving you that land. And that means if there are large towns and if there are giants, that just means that you're going to walk in and get the victory because God's not going to promise something that he can't give you. But... God said he's going to heal me, but the doctor said, but, a but can keep you out of the promise. But two of the spies came back with a different perspective. Numbers 13, 31 through 33, it says, but the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All of the people we saw were huge. We saw giants there. See, two of the spies came back with a different perspective. But the 10 spies, the more they worried, the bigger the enemy got. L look at what happens. At first, the, the, the scriptures that we just read said that they're giants here. But look at what happens. It says, all the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. Did you see that it's almost like when you don't realize that the news is as bad as it is, people, they have to add crema to the tacos. That's the Greek for. And, and it, isn't it funny how God promises and he speaks that I'm going to give you this land, I'm going to do that. But yet there's opposition, there's obstacles, there's things that you go through. And then all of a sudden we start to panic and worry. And that's what happens. And let me tell you, see, when you start to worry, what worry means is you're fighting tomorrow's battles with today's strength. Worry is to fight tomorrow's battles with today's strength. That's what we call worry. And when you, wor you worry, you are ruining today with what could or could not happen. You don't even know if it's going to happen, but you're messing up your whole day through worrying. Have you ever met a worry wart? Or let me put it this way. Have you ever met a happy worry wart? No. They see everything negative. They, they, they think everything bad is going to happen. And see, what happens when we worship or worry, whatever we're worrying about magnifies, whatever we worship will magnify, and worry magnifies the problem. And when you start to worry, you will fall into this endless cycle of the what ifs. And, and here, 10 of the spies, they go in and say, yes, Moses, it's exactly like you said, but there are giants there. There's large walls. And not only that, the terrain that we're going to have to go through and cross, it can devour us. They spread the bad report, and that's what worry does. Worry spreads the bad report. Isn't it crazy how fast bad news travels? Isn't it crazy how fast bad news travels? And one thing about bad news, no one ever questions it. You get a bad report, you, you get a bad, you, you just accept it right away. Isn't it crazy that when we get a good report, we're like, oh, are you sure you, you think like, you question the good, but when it comes to a bad report, you're like, oh, it's got to be bad. And sometimes if it's not bad enough, what do you do? 
You want to make it look really, really bad. So you add, you add to it. And, and that's what happens. See, the more you worry, the more you want people to fear. So what happens is you begin to exaggerate the situation. The first time they said, there are giants there. And that wasn't getting enough worry or fear in them. So they said, they're so big that we look like grasshoppers. If you notice the language that is used, it doesn't say that the giants saw them as grasshoppers. It says that they saw themselves as grasshoppers. Do you see the difference between perspective? See, a, a, a fully devoted follower isn't talking to God on how big his problem is. A fully devoted follower isn't talking to God about how deep their valley is. The fully devoted follower is not talking to God how big that mountain is. The fully devoted follower is telling how God how small his problem is and how big God is. A fully devoted follower is not one that talks about the valley. It talks about the victory. That is what we have to do. We've got to get a change in perspective. See, I've learned something about the kingdom. Here's a principle. You can write this down. What you perceive determines what you will possess. If you can't perceive it, if you can see it, then you'll never receive it. See, and, and it's different because the kingdom operates on the level of faith. Our physical world operates on the level of sight. What do we say? Man, I'll believe it when I see it. But that's not how the kingdom operates. Faith is you have to believe it before you can see it. And so here, here let, me, let me tell you how it is. You believe it, then you've got to see it, and then you receive it. You see how we're, we're backwards in our thinking? When I see it, I will believe it. But in the kingdom, you have to believe it, then you have to see it. That means you've got to get a visual. You've got to get a vision before it ever even manifests in your life. And that's what God was showing them, the principle of the faith. Before you possess the promised land, I want you to go and see it. You have to see it because once you see it, then you can receive it. So whatever you perceive will determine what you possess. We've got to get a change in perspective. Number two, a fully devoted follower is not someone, not only someone that has a different perspective, but they have a different tolerance per, per, for perseverance. See, a fully devoted follower understands that God's timing is perfect. They understand that if God said it, he's going to do it. They understand that every time the kingdom of God is going to expand, there will always be opposition. If you notice, God never told him there's not going to be giants. God never told him there was not going to be battles. What did he tell him? I'm going to give you this land. I, I promised you, this is your promised land. This is your inheritance, right? So you've got to know that when you take a step of faith and you begin to follow God, you are going to have battles. You are going to go. But the difference between between a fully devoted follower is someone who in the midst of crisis and the midst of chaos and even in the midst of confusion, you cannot forget that God is with you. You just know it. You just have this confidence, this boldness that God hasn't left you. And you've got to know that as you determine to follow God, there's going to be opposition. Your marriage is going to be attacked. Your family is going to be attacked. Your health, your finances, your children. That's just a reality. We live in, in, in kingdoms that are in opposition. We live in, in, in battling kingdoms. And the moment you decide, I'm going to walk in the kingdom of light, let me tell you, the kingdom of darkness is going to attack 
but you've got to know that as a fully devoted follower, you are not fighting for victory. You are fighting from victory. The victory is already yours. All you have to do is you've got to possess it. That's why next month we, we start our series called Take It By Force. Because there are some things that we are going to possess in 2023. I don't, I don't know about you, but there are some things that I'm going to take hold of in 2023. But I've got to know right now that it's not going to be easy. The devil's going to put up a fight. He's going to put up all kinds of barriers. He's going to bring chaos and confusion. But you've got to know that if God said it, he is going to do it. So it doesn't matter what you face in 2023. You have to know that he hasn't left you. And, and, and we've seen this in scripture. We've seen he was with Adam in the garden when he, when he was in the garden and when he got expelled from the garden. He was with Moses in the desert and at the battle of Rephidim. He was with Joshua at Jericho. He was with Elijah on Mount Carmel. He was with Elijah in the cave. He was with Elisha in the field. And even when he and his servant were surrounded by the Syrian army, he was with Daniel in the pit, the prison, and in the palace. He was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. He was with David in the pasture, in the valley of Gath and even when he was hiding out in the cave he was with the disciples in the storm you've got to know that as you determine to possess in 2023 it doesn't matter what you go through it might be a fire it might be a storm it might be a battle but God has not left you he is right there and as long as he is with you whatever you're going through you are going to make it through he is with you and if you notice that God never leaves you in the bad times He'll never leave you in the bad times. See, sometimes we ask God, where are you? And God's like, I'm asking you the same thing because it wasn't me that left you. It was you that left me. He's not only with you in the good times. He is with you at all times. In fact, the very last promise that he gave his disciples before he ascended into heaven, he said, I will be with you always. They, he knew that they were about to face some of the darkest, toughest situations in life, but he said, I will always be with you. So we're not going to quit. We're not going to stop. I remember when we started Access Church, they told me an English church in Eagle Pass would never make it. They gave us, you're going to only last two years. You have nothing. You're not going to do anything. I'm here to tell you we are already going on year five, baby, and we're just getting started. It's not going to work. We're just getting started. What you've seen is nothing. If, if, I sh if I could just depict what God showed me he's going to do in this city, y'all wouldn't believe it. That's why I can't tell you. Because you'd be like the 12th, but, but that's really big and expensive. Where are we going to get over $10 million to build the state-of-the-art facility? See, I can't tell you that. That's just the start of what we're going to build. But I can't tell you that. So rewind, delete. See, one thing about devotion, devotion doesn't stop. Devotion doesn't quit. But devotion pass passionately pursues his promise. 
And that's what we are. And that was Caleb. See, Caleb, he went through all of the things that everyone else did. But Caleb was only one of two men that left Egypt as a slave and entered into the promised land. Those two were Joshua and Caleb, both whose scripture identifies as fully devoted followers. Imagine there was about a million and a half people that walked out of Egypt. And out of those a million and a half, only two entered into the promised land. Only two out of a million and a half people, they were the only two men that were able to experience and see, see the change and, and, and see the difference. In fact, look at what happens in Joshua chapter 14, verse 6 through 9. It says, a delegation from the tribe of Judah led by Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kezanite, came to Joshua at Gilgal. And Caleb said to Joshua, remember what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God about you and me when we were at Kadesh Barnea. I was only 45 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land of Canaan, and I returned and gave an honest report. But my brothers who went with me frightened the people from entering the promised land. See, you don't realize that the enemy knows that fear can keep you from the promise. Fear can keep you from the promise. He will do whatever he can to get you to doubt, to be afraid, to, to, to stop you because fear can paralyze. Fear, fear, fear can delay you. And he said that all my brothers, they went and they, they frightened the people. And because they were frightened, they did not enter the promised land. But he says, for my part, I wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. He had a different perspective. What does it mean that he wholeheartedly? Is that whatever he had to go through, he fought through it. He worked through it. He, he persevered. He made it through. So that day, Moses solemnly promised me, the land of Canaan on which you were just walking will be your grant of land and that of your descendants forever. Ever because you wholeheartedly followed the Lord, my God. Now, is it a coincidence that both of these men who were fully devoted followers were the only two that came out of Egypt and entered into the promised land? Think about it. A million and a half people got the same promise, but only two were able to possess it. Perspective and perseverance will lead you to possession. See, a lot of times we don't see the fullness of our promise is because we give up along the way. We throw in the towel. We get tired. We start complaining. We start looking at the, the, the situation, the negative circumstances. We start looking at the problem. And, and so these two were the only Two that came out and entered in. And, and so when I, when I look at the characteristics and the quality of their walk with God, they were the only two that persevered through the process when everyone was giving up and giving in. They didn't compromise their faith and their convictions. They persevered being chased by Pharaoh's army. They persevered through the Red Sea. They persevered through all of the ambush attacks from their enemies on the way to the promised land. They persevered through the desert. They persevered through the Jordan River. They persevered through the walls of Jericho. They persevered through the giants. They were the only two that had a different perspective than the other spies. They saw things differently than anyone else. They were all able to focus on the promise instead of the problem. They were able to focus on the opportunity rather than the opposition. And they were able to see the blessing in the midst of the battle. And they were also able to see the victory while they were still fighting in the valley. See, there is something about you being a fully 
self-devoted follower of Jesus Christ, perspective and perseverance will lead you into possession. So 45 years passes. Man, 45 years. At 40 years old, Caleb gets the promise. So you gotta, well, you've got to know the backstory. When they went and spied the land, there were eight cities in the land of Canaan. Jericho was just the first one. And a lot of times we just focus on the first one that it was Jericho. But Jericho was just the first. After that one, there were seven more. And the biggest, baddest, finest place was a place called Mount Hebron. And I love Caleb because we see his perspective. We see because he walks in and he spies out all of the land. And then from the far off, he sees Mount Hebron. Now, Mount Hebron was where the giants actually lived. And those of you know that, that, are, that are familiar with military strategy, whoever has the higher ground always has the advantage. And so they walk in and they're like, man, bro, you see these Mongols? You see these graves? I know, dude. Man, look at this land. It's just flowing with milk and honey. And all of a sudden, Caleb looks up. And the way I picture, like in the movies, he started to see, you know, music playing. And he gets hard eyes. He says, I want that land. I want that mountain. So he comes back. He says, Moses, remember Everybody else had a negative report, but me and Joshua, we had, we had good reports. We didn't frighten the people. Instead of bringing fear, we built faith. He says, I'm just going to ask you this one thing. When we get in there, can I have Mount Hebron? Can, can I have, I want that mountain. And Moses says, because you have wholly followed the Lord. And because everybody else gave a bad report. Everybody else was building fear while you were building faith. God is going to give you that because you're a, holy follow, you're a holy, fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. Because you wholeheartedly followed the Lord. And so I, I want you to see here where we're at now. Caleb is 85 years old. He's been waiting 45 years to grab hold of his promise. Some of y'all been waiting two weeks like, oh, God didn't come through. They passed me up on the promotion. We lost. And God's like, I'm just barely setting things up and you're already giving up. They had been dwelling in the land of Canaan for 45 years. But every day, Caleb, get up, that's my mountain. God, remember, that's my mountain. That's my miracle. That's my promise. That's going to be mine one day. And he went from 40 to 50 because 50 is the new 30. Really? How many believe that 50 is the new 30? Woo! <laughs> You get a car. You get a car. <laughs> and I imagine that every day Caleb walked out with, with his cup of coffee. And he'd look up at the mountain. He's like, one day, mijo, one day, that's going to be ours. He was talking to his grandson. And then at 60 and 70, mijo, one day, that's going to be ours. Now he's talking to his great-grandson. <laughs> And now he's 70 and 80. Now he's talking to his great, great, grand, mijo, one day that's going to be ours. And here they were, 45 years in the land, and he was waiting on his promise. 
And, and look at what happens, Joshua chapter 14, 10 through 12. It says, now as you can see, the Lord has kept me alive and well as he promised for all these 45 years since Moses made this promise. Even while Israel wandered in the desert, and today I am 85 years old. See, there's one thing about God. God is not going to give you the promise or the blessing or the miracle and not give you the strength or the energy to be able to enjoy the miracle. Even if you are 50 and you're running after two toddlers. Well, I don't know who's running after who, but somebody's running. <laughs> somebody's running. I don't know who's running after who. But I love that. I, I love Caleb. He, he's been waiting 45, 45 years. He was waiting for the moment. He understood that God's timing is perfect. He wasn't trying to rush it. He wasn't trying to tell Joshua, hey, remember what Moses said. He said, now is the time. I'm ready. I'm 45 years. I'm ready to work smarter and not harder. And he says, verse 11, I'm as strong now as I was when Moses sent me on that journey. I can still travel and I can fight as well as I could then. So give me me the hill that the Lord promised me. You will remember that as scouts, we found the descendants of Anak living there in the great walled town. See, the Anak, the descendants of Anak were the giants. He knew that that mountain was filled with giants. He knew that that mountain was, was, was walled and fortified, but that did not deter him. That did not delay him. That did not deny him. He knew that he was going to have to go and fight. See, what you don't realize that God, he has given you the promise, but he never said you're not going to have to fight for it. He never said you're not going to have to battle for it. And Caleb knew. He says, I'm ready to fight. I'm 85 years old, but I'm as strong as I was when I was 40 years old. I'm ready to take my mountain. And here he is. He said, I'm 85 years old. I'm not in possession of all that God had promised me. And I'm sure there were some very good church members that said, Caleb, you've lived a good life, man. Bro, like, really? Just enjoy retirement. Enjoy that, that heavenly social security check. Just, just relax. Why, why? Look at man, you're 85. He says, yeah, I'm 85, but I still don't have what God promised me. And I'm not going to quit until I get what belongs to me. I, I, I'm not going to quit because it's not just about me. See, when we talk about a difference in perspective, what you're fighting for is not just about you, but it's also for your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. See, the devil knows that if he can stop you, he can keep perpetuating the generational curse. But if you overcome, it will no longer be a generational curse. It will be a generational blessing. It will be a generational victory. You got to tell him, you know what? Divorce stops here dysfunctional family stops here drug addiction alcoholism stops here abuse sexual and physical abuse stops here i'm gonna change it i'm gonna go get my mountain because it's not just about you because god said this is going to be for you but also for your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren And people were saying, Caleb, man, you've lived a good life. You're in the promised land. He's drinking his coffee. 
Yeah, I'm here. But I'm not settling for less when God wants to give me the best. That's my mountain. And he knew that he was going to have to fight for it. And there was well-meaning people just telling him to conform. Just be content. You've lived a good life. But he said, no. Because this isn't just about me. See, Axel's Church isn't just about Brian and Sandra. It's about Micah and Malachi and whoever's coming after them. Axel's Church isn't just about you. It's about your children and grandchildren. It's about leaving a legacy in this region, in this community, that there is a life-giving, vibrant, transforming church in this community. And I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to take it by force. Now, it's up to you. You can choose to come with me. You can choose to fight with me. Let me tell you, it's not going to be easy. But I already know it already belongs to me. I just got to take it. We're going to take it, right? I just need one. The Bible says if two agree on any one thing, it shall be done. And I got my one. Imagine a $10 million. I'm not... $10 million state-of-the-art church facility in this region. The best auditorium that this city has ever seen. We just submitted a request for the amphitheater for Worship Under the Stars. Because last year, we no longer fit here. So we had to find a bigger venue. So if you know the county judge, you got to put in a good word from call him, text him, tell him, bro, like we're waiting on an answer. I don't know. You guys know him. I've seen y'all on Facebook. I mean, Facebook. Schmoozing. And I just got a picture that instead of us asking the city or the county, one day the city or the county, hey, can we borrow your church? You have the best auditorium. You have the best sound system. The best media and audio. We want to go and record videos. We want to go. Because this is my mountain. And I'm not going to quit until I get what God promised me. Some of you are just here for a reason. Some of you are here for a season. Some of you are already looking to transfer out of here. Too many Mexicans. <laughs> and it's okay. But as long as you're here, you're family. But some of y'all, you're ride or die, you're lifetimers. Some are here for a reason, some are here for a season, and some are here for a lifetime. And whatever one of those three that you are, I want you to know that whatever you're doing now is leaving and making a mark that will cause this city to never, ever be the same. It's time to take that mountain. It's time to take it. I don't know. We're, we, the, the devil has been, opposed, as you can see, every Sunday we're at standing room only. We're over capacity. We need a bigger building like ASAP. So if you have a $10 million check, you can write us. We'll take it. Make it out to Access Church. But until then, 
we got to keep fighting. We got to keep praying. Because if he said it, it's going to come to pass. Are you ready? Tell your neighbor, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. Tell your neighbor. Or you can tell your neighbor, I'm going to say nothing. Tell your neighbor nothing. Are you ready to take it in 2023? Will you stand with me? Don't worry, I'm not going to pick up an offering. You're like, oh, I got to go. Not today, we will eventually. But this is what God is going to do. Next week, we kick off our series, Take It By Force. Next Sunday is going to be our, our, our vision Sunday of 2023. I'm going to kind of lay out our, our strategy, what we're going to do, what we're going to take possession of, what we want to see in 2023. But you've got to know that it's not going to be easy. Sometimes we've made it look easy, but believe me, what you are walking in is a miracle. What you are walking in is, is supernatural. So believe that we started this church with no money. Just a word from God. And faith that caused us to believe it, then see it, and now we're receiving it. Some of you were praying for a church for a long time. Some of you are moving here praying for a church and what you didn't realize that God was already stirring the waters because he loves you that much. And here we are. Are you ready? Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. Thank you for joining us. And a special thanks to those who have given to support this ministry. Without you, none of this is possible. If you like this podcast, please like and subscribe and share it on social media. Thank you for listening. God bless you.